Well, several days ago, we lost somebody who was very special in the sport of MMA, even though most people never knew her. Susie Freeton was the makeup and uh, the, the cosmetology girl. She made everyone. Joe Rogan, Mike Goldberg, John Anik, Dan Cormier, everybody that was on camera, Susie Freeton took care of. She was a special person. She was a cancer survivor. And then after being in remission for a long time, the cancer came back. And eventually it took Susie from us. She was a special person. She had a huge heart. She was just uh, sunshine every time you met her. She had a big smile. She was always happy to see you. She always made you feel better. And everybody who ever met her was touched in a special way by her. We're going to miss her. She was absolutely a beautiful person inside and out. Josh, I know you knew who Susie was. I know you had you know dealings with her. You can't ask for a better person. John, you said it, sunshine. That when you walked into the room, she was smiling. Even if you weren't in a good mood, she made you in a good mood. And if she couldn't put you in a good mood, she made you look good. So you look like you were in a good mood. She was absolutely amazing uh, with her makeup skills, but she was also a more amazing person. And um, she will be truly missed. Uh, I touched base with her several times during her um, cancer um, fight, and she was battling through. There was times where she was in tears when we were talking. There was times where um, she had said some very personal things to me about her having to, her working on me and, and helping me and doing things. I've done a Harley Davidson commercial as well as a photo shoot. She had worked on me for that. Um, she had worked on me for several other things that I had done for the UFC. She was absolutely amazing. Just a person, like you said, sunshine and, uh, she'll be truly missed. And, uh, it's hard. It really is hard because it's when you know somebody like that, you've known her for years and years. And I stepped away from the, from the UFC for a while. And then when I came back, she was still there and she was an absolutely amazing person. Everyone that she's ever worked with, she's definitely touched them in some way. Um, and she's going to be missed. Susie, we're going to miss you. The Angels have a new uh, person sitting beside them. Rest in peace, darling. And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is the Weighing In Podcast. We are glad that you have tuned in to listen to us because we are here for you and we are here to talk about the combat sports world, all the things happening between boxing and MMA. With the UFC and Bellator coming up this week, we've got a ton to talk about, both inside the cage, inside the ring, and outside of it, unfortunately, but that's the way this world goes. What's up, my man? Josh Thompson, how you feeling? What's going on? Hey, so every time I every week we do our show and I want to remind people that from last week, John got in a fight with a bunch of wasps and hornets or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> and then he, during the middle of the week, he decides to go out and get a one wheel and decides to post videos of him trying to videotape himself wait, doing wait, the one wheel. Wait, well, stop, stop. What do you mean? Try. I am. I'm not. Do I look like it's, I am under duress? At 70 years old, he hasn't quite learned that his balance and stuff is just not the same. He's got to learn to not put himself in these situations. Okay, let's not let me let me all remind everyone of the video he had to post what a couple months back where he broke six ribs from falling with a tree. The oak tree obviously kicked his ass. But then now today, 
that what were you dealing with today? Obviously, it was uh, let me guess a live animal. Let's go out there and fight live animals and try and let them free. He's out there trying to take down skunks. Not I am the brightest uh, man okay. In the world. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you the true story on this because I have a friend. I would hope you wouldn't lie to me about it. Well, of course, <laughs> you, you expand the story, but I'll tell you the just because the truth is great. I have a friend from New York. His name's Ernie. I'm not giving his last name, but Ernie is awesome. I call him Smoke because he's always trying to hit everything or do everything fast. But Ernie is a perfectionist, Josh. I mean a perfectionist in everything that he does. His yard is beautiful. His house that he made is fantastic. He's a, he's a guy from Long Island, New York, who you know worked in the unions doing like uh, heating and air stuff. Great guy. Well, his daughter is living in Ohio and he's going to have his fourth grandchild with her. And so he takes off to go there. Well, he has had to trap because the feral cats get into his wife's garden, make a mess. And so he's always catching raccoons and different things also in the traps, but you know, it's not a trap that kills him. It's a catch and release. And so I get it. I am working out with my daughter at about 7.30 in the morning, and I get a text from Ernie from Ohio saying, hey, man, i got to ask a big favor of you. Yeah, what's up, man? He says, hey, you know, I, I'm up in, uh, you know, my, my daughter's, you know, ha- giving birth to my, my granddaughter. He goes, but I looked at my security monitors, and, and, and one of my cages, a skunk's in it. <laughs> he goes, can you, can you go release it? I go, how the fuck do I release a skunk? <laughs> Damn cage right so i go i'll try to figure it out right so then i go and i look and sure enough here's this damn skunk in this cage right and you're supposed to take a blanket they said right and i'm thinking i am going to smell to high heaven i'm gonna i am gonna get skunk so i go i do what they said i put it over the thing and well when i put it over the cage i can't hit the release switch on the door so finally i figure i take this rock i'm gonna use this rock boom get it boom open the cage gone done i'm good i go and i leave the blanket that i put there and everything and i go away and come go back about seven o'clock at night go to pick up the blanket right pick up the rock the cage goes clunk closes pick up the blanket guess what's still inside the damn skunk is still there he never came out no i well i don't know i don't know if he came out went back he said dude i got a great den now man look at it's covered this is awesome so I had to do Jeez. the whole thing again. I didn't get skunked. I won twice. I'm not doing it a third time. Wow. <laughs> so he, he finally went out? My blankets and everything are still there. I oh, am so not going back. In there. Dude, the door's open. He can leave. Oh, man. Well, like I was saying, <laughs> no one ever accused you of being the smartest guy. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> That was that was oh. one of those ones. It's like, what do you do? You know, your friends ask me. It's like, oh man, I am so screwed. I am gonna get sprayed and. I'm surprised that Miss McCarthy didn't want to bring it home and like try to nurture it. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, <laughs> she was big to stand there and watch or tape me, but she wasn't gonna get close. Oh, of course, of course, you yeah. didn't want to smell. Jeez. So I was so, so funny. I have a black lab, and he was running around in our backyard. And he got skunked. And for some reason, when I went out there to see what the the commotion was, I left my door open. 
and he ran up into the house, ran up into the up the stairs, ran right up into the shower. He ran. He knew where to go. He ran right up into the shower. Give him, give him credit I, on I, that one. Yeah, I had to. I ran up into the shower, but I had my house smelled like a skunk for probably about three or four days. Oh. I just left, opened up all the windows, turned the AC on, kicked out all the air, and just did what I turned every fan on in the house, and just. Oh, it yeah, it just takes time. Just takes time, yeah. But I washed him out as soon as I could. Lukewarm water, put a little bit of tomato sauce on him on the forehead, and just because he got him right in the face, it was all just his, oh. his nose. And I just, oh, he was whimpering. You could just tell he didn't like the smell of it. I didn't like it either. But <laughs> poor dog. Yep. Oh. That's well, no, right. like I said. Ah, uh, all right. Well, hey, there's a lot to talk about. There's there's a lot going on right now. But first, you guys go to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, also hit that little bell off to the bottom right hand corner. That's the notifications bell. We drop our shows at all different times, so make sure you guys hit that notification bell. Some of you guys are still hitting me up in my DMs, like, "Yo, when are you guys dropping the show?" Yo, yo, hit the notification bell, and I won't have to tell you guys when the show is dropping. They just want to talk to you, Josh. They do, they do. I think I really believe that. But hey. <laughs> That's what happens when you're tall, long, and lanky, my friends. That's me right here. Tall, long, and lanky. No, I'm not really tall, but I'm, say, I'm really? like 5'6". I think I'm 5'6". So, uh. um, but yes, and then also when you guys are on our on our uh, YouTube channel, you guys can go down to the descriptions down below, and there is a link there you can click on. That'll take you to our Clips channel. By the way, we our last week's um, show, uh, Wayne Interjection, did very good. I think we're at about 13,000 views on that, 12, 13,000 views on from last week. Great job, you guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. We're having fun with it. It's been fun doing that show. It's quick. It's about 8 to 12 minutes long, and but it's a, it's a fun show. But you guys crushed it on, on the views on that one, and we want to appreciate We appreciate you guys. Thank so that you. That means a lot of you guys are subscribing to our Clips channel, and we appreciate that. And uh, I had a lot of comments, man. I got a lot of comments, and I got a lot of DMs as well about you guys really loving the knowledge that BJ showed and Rich Chow showed and... And uh, so we're going to make it a point to try and get more guests on throughout the, you know, throughout the month and uh, try and, you know, maybe start getting them on and maybe just posting that strictly to our Clips channel and uh, making sure that we're helping to grow that channel as well. But we go. So that's something John and I will talk about moving forward. But I do know that uh, since we got so much great feedback from having both those guests on, that it would be beneficial for us to have more guests on to start spitting some more knowledge and talking about the history of the sport of MMA. It was a pleasure to have both of them on. And uh, talk about Wimster Warrior as well. And so, all right, well, hey, let's get into what we didn't, we didn't bother filming a show based around uh, Triller and the event. And I'm so glad that we didn't do that because, um, it didn't you know, there was a lot it. of people, yeah, there was a lot of people that were wrong. There was a lot of people that were wrong about, um, about how these fights were going to go down. And it was just one of those things where, uh, look, we're not going to point out who was wrong. We're just going to point out the fact that, these fights should have never, not all of them, but just the main event should not have ever happened. It was it was evident from the begin from the beginning from the beginning. Uh, Evander Holyfield not only did he look slow in the in the open workouts, but he's just it's just not there. It's not going to be there. The punching power isn't there. The the stability on the legs at that age. The balance. The balance isn't there. Anytime you get hit and look and look, even at 39, 40 years old when I was training, even at though for myself. And I took care of my body. I mean, as you guys can see, my body is a temple. But when I, I took care of my body throughout my camps and throughout my career, my balance and all the things that I consider myself to be very good at doing throughout sparring, sparring with guys, you know, from Islam to Khabib to Duran Wynn to Ed Ruth to all those guys, they're a lot younger. And they, you could just notice the difference of the stability from taking a punch 
the ability to roll and absorb punishment, all that stuff was gone. And that was me at 38, 39, 37, 38, 39 years old. He's 58 years old. What did you, what did we really expect to see from this? Florida, I was upset with Florida for allowing this fight to happen. I'm extremely upset with the promotion for allowing for even calling him up and asking him or even even answering the call when he called. But lastly, is Vitor Belford. Like you were still the other half of that main event. You still had say on who you accepted to fight because they knew if you were to fall off that card that they had to refund tickets or they had to do something about the pay-per-view buys that had already been bought beforehand. Because if you lose both sides of the main event, you have to refund or you have to give the option to refund the money. Yeah. But the, the fact is that he was still on the card and that made sure that money was going to come in. He needed to pick somebody else. I put a lot of blame on him. And don't tell me he wasn't on TRT because you could see by his body type from his last couple fights in the UFC to his body type now. He was on something either previously before or just right at the levels of which he, of whatever his age bracket was for TRT. Okay? It just was not, it just wasn't a good look. I have no interest in watching Triller ever again. I didn't even, I didn't watch this one. I watched highlights and clips of this fight. It was embarrassing. It was just overall. Look, I don't have anything against the Tito and Anderson Silva fight. That's a real fight. You have two MMA guys fighting, you know, boxing. Obviously, we all knew that Anderson was the better boxer, you know, and Tito was the bigger guy. So I was, I'm not going to criticize that fight at all. I mean, what we saw was what we saw, what we kind of expected. I didn't expect it to go down that easily, but it was a fight. You know, it was a fight that you could say, hey, that I can understand that why that's being matched up. They're both older, that type of thing. This oh. fight, though, the main event... Vitor and and uh, Holyfield should have never have happened. It's it's embarrassing. It's sad. It's a sad place for boxing. But I feel bad for Holyfield only because he should have never have been in there. And three people could have three things could have stopped this fight. The organiz- the the Florida Commission, the promotion, and Vitor Belford. And not one of them stood up and said this fight shouldn't happen. Yeah, California's athletic commission did. At yeah, least, so and that's Andy out Foster. Out of the four, only one did what they were supposed to. Andy Foster's a stud, man. That's why. Yeah. yeah Andy, it, Andy Foster's got balls. Uh, you look at this, and, and it, it's. I've done a lot. Evander Holyfield is a friend of mine. And, and I mean, when I say that, I mean, it's not like, oh, you know, we hang out all the time. But we've done a lot of things together. We've been, we were part of this thing called Celebrity Sweat together. And, uh, did a lot of different, you know, interactions. In fact, did, a, did an entire thing at Anderson Silva's gym one time, and it was hysterical to watch. Evander talk about getting kicked in the leg because he was he goes don't ever do that again. <laughs> he was great, man. <laughs> but this is where you know and and you know Josh, it's when you joke with me, but I do things all the time to try to keep you know where I'm at in balance and things like that. That's why I do like the one wheel thing. You know, my wife said, "No, you're not doing that. You're too old." Okay, that's it. I'm doing it. Don't care. Yeah, and brilliant. It's, but you know, you've got to do those things because if you don't do them. It goes and it goes fast, and it's still yeah. never going to be what it was. And I will say this for the fight because I did watch it, and I don't think that Evander got hurt. He got stung one time, he got stung by a shot from Vitor, but he was being pushed around and he was off balance and he had no ability to control his balance. I mean, he, he threw a punch and went through the ropes. You know, this this is a guy that was, you know, the very best at one time. 
and you look at everything that was occurring. And the one thing I'll give, hey, the referee, thank you very much. You yes. did a good job. You saw that, you know what? There's no reason for this because it was not going to get any better. It was just going to get ugly. And don't let a man who has, you know, done everything that Evander's done take getting put out, you know, in a way that, you know, we don't want to see. He didn't deserve it. I don't think he really got hurt. I love the fact, and I will say this, you know, one time I was doing an event with Evander and, and we were doing, we were doing face-offs with, you know, people from the crowd and stuff. And they, you know, had me in the middle and they would come in and my wife actually looks, she goes, you know, I would really like to do that with Evander. And I said, and Evander goes, well, come on, come here. Right. Right. And so she comes over and he's wearing a baseball hat and stuff, but you know, and she, you know, he gets close and he, and he looks at her and he goes, <laughs> and she's got this, when they took the picture, she's got this look on her face like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's hysterical. And he had that ability to turn that on and make it look like he was this fierce, ferocious guy. He's one of the nicest guys. Oh, there it is right there. Take a look at that. Yeah. Picture, okay. And that's Evander. He can turn on that look, but he's a super nice guy. And yeah. there's no reason for this whole, th there was no reason for Trilla to do this. They're, these guys are trying to make money. I think they're burning money. I don't, I don't yeah. see how, you know, and they're offering $30 million for, Jake Paul and $40 million for, come on, please. You just lost a lot of money because I don't think a lot of people tuned into that fight. I don't think a lot of people saw it. When you talk about the Anderson Silva and Tito fight, I thought that was at least reasonable. You could say they're both 46 years of age. Tito is a little bit bigger. They made him lose quite a bit of weight, which was not good for him. But, you know, and this is the difference. I'll give Tito credit. Tito went after him. Yeah. But, Unless you're Sugar Ray Robinson, you never throw a three, a three punch hook. Three, he threw a left hook three times in a row, and it's like, son, that's not boxing. That's called street fighting, and you're going to end yeah. up getting taken out. And that's what happened. But you know, it's okay. You know, like I say it all the time. So you lost a fight. Big deal. You know, he made a lot of money. Good for him. You know, good for Anderson. They both got paid. The fact that the one thing that I, I look at is. You know, it used to be, Josh, that, you know, the winner, we was, you know, you know, who would you like to fight next? Or, you know, the call-outs or things like that. Now it's you you lose and we're calling people out the next day. It's like there comes a point. And, and the one thing that you could really see with Tito in this fight, sp there's no speed anymore. None. He's slow also at 46. And, you know, and he's talking about he's going to continue boxing. That's not a good no. You know, it's time it's time to say you've had a fantastic career as a combative sports athlete, mostly as a mixed martial artist. He really had a second coming when he went to Bellator, he had some good fights and then he went you know to Combates and did that and Golden Boy and did that. And that's fine. You know, and you had some good wins. And so it, if it ends on this one big deal, it's a boxing match. You know, no big deal, but really don't 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 drag it out to the point where it's going to tarnish what you were able to accomplish in the latter part of your career. So I, I hope he I hope he doesn't continue on. He talked about you know he he wants to continue on and he's trying to set up fights. I just don't think it's the right thing for him. But that's just my opinion. He's you know he's he's the guy in charge of his life and his career and that's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. 
Yeah, you brought up that, you know, like, because he called somebody out the next day. Uh, Logan was Paul. Jake, it was Logan Paul. All right, he said, yeah, we both came off losses. You know, let's get in there and do it. I mean, he's really just taking a page out of Conor McGregor's book. That's what Conor mm-hmm. did once he lost to Dustin Poirier. And we thought what Conor was doing was marketing. But in reality, Conor was just butthurt at the fact that he lost. And it's been showing through ever since, you know, and his actions and the things that he's been saying and doing since then. Um, that's what's going on right now, I think, with Tito. Tito's upset. But look, if the, the worst thing that happens to you with Tito is... What's to be upset about? Who gives a crap? You know, okay. this is boxing. It wasn't MMA. It's not what you made your career off of. You know, um, you were never known for stand-up. And yet, and who, let's be honest here. How many people would have said, oh, Tito should win this fight against Anderson in a stand-up battle? No one. No one. No not one. that I know of. You I know, didn't know one person that thought he was going to win. When I was not asked, there wasn't somebody out there that thought that. He obviously did. Well, you know, that's he, fine. He and that's fight. fine. But, you know, when I was offered to do the fight, I said, look, this is not a good fight for Tito. This is bad. No. You know, Tito, this is, it's made for Anderson to win. Now, that's not putting yeah. Tito down. It's just that Tito was a different style of mixed martial artist where Anderson was a stand-up guy. Tito was not. He never made his bones off of being the stand-up guy. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah, overall, though, I thought the fights and the judging um, wasn't great also throughout some of that, the, the card earlier, the earlier card as well. Um, I didn't, I don't know. Like I understood the Tito and the Anderson fight, which is fine. And then when I got to the Holyfield fight, it was really just sad to watch. Yeah, and then when it, not only was it sad, I got a little bit, even a little bit more angry as well when he was yep. sitting on his butt and just look whether he should get up when he got up and the ref stopped it. I, I was in agreement with you is that I'm like thankful that the yep. ref stopped it. Cause there was no reason to keep going. So I guess for Triller, look, they're talking about paying Jake Paul whatever thirty million dollars to fight Vitor Belfort or whoever. But they, I don't even even if they do have thirty million, you're burning through money, man. You're gonna be, I mean, uh, you know, nothing, to, not a knock on affliction, but you're gonna be like another affliction type of thing. Yeah. You guys went through all this damn money and you got nothing to show for it. I mean, I wonder what, the, I wonder where these people are getting all this money. It's insane. You know why? Why were you being invest? Like, oh, cool, you had Snoop Dogg on before. Which is here's the thing that's crazy. Is they had Justin Bieber and they had Snoop Dogg on like what one or two trillers ago, I think it's the trailer. One trailer ago, it was. yeah, one trailer ago. Yeah, and then the next trailer, they've got on the complete opposite. They've got Donald Trump as <laughs> the commentator, and Donald Trump Jr. I think is who it was. They, I'm like, you guys couldn't be all more all over the board than who you guys are trying to attract. Like, stick with your niche, whatever your niche would would have been. You're just wasting money. I mean, I don't know what they paid him, but I don't know if it's because they moved it to Florida that they thought, hey, it'd be a good idea to have Donald Trump there. But it was just, it was just, the whole thing is just not, it's, it's a, a, a really bad reflection on boxing, and I have no interest in watching anything moving forward with them. Um, and Jake Paul's under contract with Showtime, so I highly doubt he's going to be fighting anybody else outside of he's whatever it is Showtime is doing. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, he's he's making... He's he's got a good contract for those of you guys that don't know. He's got a really good contract with Showtime, so I think he'll be sticking around. I think until uh, things start to go sour. So Enough we'll with the thriller. It was Thank definitely God. not a thriller. Uh, Ooh, it was definitely not. A thriller. That was a good job. <laughs> Gosh, you may you may not have very much balance, but you've got some rhymes, buddy. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, hey, let's get into uh, the UFC. We'll talk Anthony Smith and Ryan Span. And we'll get into a little bit of the the undercard as well, or at least the the main card kind of situation. Yeah, you know, 
Uh, talk to me, Goose. What do you think? Well, you know, it's funny. You know, Podcast Day was the one that brought up a couple of things about this, you know, talking about, you know, who knows these guys really and, you know, are fans interested and stuff because, like, their social media is really not that big. And it was, we were looking at the top, you know, six, you know, as far as the main main card, probably not 100, you know, 100,000 combined when you're looking at it. Anthony Smith is a guy I love. I think Anthony yeah. Smith is a real fighter. I've known him for a long time. This is a guy that can fight. You know, he can fight in the stand-up. He can fight on the ground. Uh, he's got good submissions. He's not a guy that, you know, uh, is going to be the, you know, pulling off usually these great, but he's really good with a triangle, and he does switch the triangle armbar combination very well back and forth. He's got good stand-up. He's got good kicks. He's a tough dude. He doesn't give in. You know, Ryan Spann's got a big fight on his hands, and I'm I'm not sure. I know Ryan is, he's got power in his hands. He's a guy that you know believes in himself, and that confidence is a big thing. But I think he's making a big step up in this fight, especially with all of the experience that Anthony Smith brings to the game. You know, you're talking about a wily veteran, a guy that knows how to fight, knows when to turn it on, knows when to back it off, knows when to you know, push the pace, all the little things that make big differences in the final outcome. And so this is a this is a fight that's going to say a whole lot about where Ryan Spann is in his, uh, you know, in his career as an MMA fighter. Because if he can beat Anthony Smith, man, my hat's off to him. I, that would be, you know, the biggest, biggest win of his career as far as who, you know, who he's fought, I think. And uh, I just don't know if I, I see that happening yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think Ryan Spann's got his hands full. Anthony Smith is making some adjustments. He's working on controlling his output and making sure that it's more effective. With the Glover fight, he just he went out too much, too hard, worked against him. Glover took everything he had, you know, and uh, absorbed it, and then basically just came with his onslaught, just pushed him to the to the pace where he wasn't able to do anything else after that. And so when you're having these conversations about Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith really just needs to go out there and utilize every single tool he has. And if he does that at a good pace that he can control, doesn't go out there like a Michael Chandler and just blows his wad, I think he's going to have a good job. I think he's going to have a good chance of getting walking out of there with a win. Yeah. And if you look at Anthony Smith, go back up to Anthony Smith. Oh, you want to go up here? Yeah, go to Anthony Smith. Look at his record. Oh, his record oh. right here. Yeah, so well, you're scrolling up and down, so I'm having a hard time. Seeing. Anthony Smith has fought for everyone, though. You look, yeah. you take a look, man. He was in Strike Force because I did, I did his first fight in Strike Force. They, you know, they yeah. gave him, they gave him Hodger Gracie at the time. That wasn't nice, but you know, he Strike Force, Bellator. He's fought everywhere, and he's fought well. He was just never that guy that seemed to spark interest until all of a sudden when he got in the UFC. Man, he had a couple of those fights. He did spark that interest. It was some big time knockouts that he got. And he did them, you know, back to back to back. You know, he did everything he was supposed to do. Then he got the title fight. And then it was also in that title fight, you know, he had a chance to to, to work his way out of that. He didn't do that. He went and said, nope, you know, let's finish this fight. Finish the fight with John Jones. And, you know, if you don't have respect for who Anthony Smith is as a fighter, you know, you don't have any respect for this sport. Well, I mean, you could look at the Anthony Smith situation like the the Aljo situation. Yeah, you he could, could have been champion. He could have been champion. That's right. And yeah, and then he would have got the rematch and made more money. 
but he took he took the way out that that most fighters would have taken. You know, uh, whether it's good or not, most fighters would have taken the the way that Anthony Smith took the way out. So um, it's going to be a good fight. I mean, it should be action packed. I think Anthony Smith's going to put the pressure. He's going to go out and impose his will, and I think he's going to come out with a win. That's the way I look at it. Uh, what else on this on this card? Look, there's not a lot of big name value on this card, so a lot of you guys should understand that um, it's going to be it's, it could be one of those sleepy good cards, or it could be one of those sleepy cards. So it could be. I, I think the the Kutalaba versus Clark fight is that's yeah. a good fight. Clark yeah. is a good wrestler, and the guys that tend to give Kutalaba problems are guys that can put him on his back mm-hmm. and keep him from. Uh, he's Kutalaba like a bully. That's the way I look at him. And that's not saying it in a bad way. He's a bully, and you know, you watch him even in the the face-offs, you know, for media day, and then weigh-ins. He's always, you know, coming up, you know, all this stuff, and yeah, you know, does pushing, and yeah, yeah, and he gets into that stuff. He's got that bully, you know. He goes by the Hulk. You know, do you ever see when he got painted green? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, it was it's pretty great. Cool. But Devin Clark is a guy. He's definitely got the wrestling to put Kutalaba on his back and to keep him there. And that's what Kutalaba's got to, he's got to keep that from happening. If that happens multiple times in this fight, he's going to end up losing the fight. He's got to keep this fight on his feet and he's got to actually bully Devin Clark as far as make Devin start attempting bad shots. Don't, you know, don't give him the clean shot. Make it to where now he's diving for those and now you're beating him up, putting him on his back. That's the type of fight that Kutalaba's going to win. Yeah, he's got to put pressure, but safe pressure. He's got to yeah. stay outside the range, put pressure, let the punches and kicks go. Kicks probably up the middle, push kicks to the body, push kicks to the face. Using that like a jab to kind of keep more of a distance, making sure that they're fast and you retract them fast. So it's not it's, it's one thing just to throw the push kick up the middle, but it's another thing to get it there and get it back fast so they don't have time to grab it. Snapping that jab like right below, like right below the chin, somewhat in the chest, because if they lower their level, at least at least it hits them in the head or in the face. The little little tiny tricks that you can do to try and to make sure that they have a hard time lowering their level and driving through you, keeping your back off the fence, keeping your foot inside the black line instead of outside the black line, keeping your back foot off that fence. Those type of things make a big difference. Always making sure you never stop directly in front of your opponent for longer than say one or two times. Stop. Throw your combination or circle out, throw circle and then circle out right That's away. It. So you've got options, but those are the hard those are hard fought fights to get because when someone wants to take you down and they're just rock and they're just coming in aimlessly with it, just chin down, hands up, throwing big shots. It's hard to stop and be defensive as well as trying to circle off at the same time. So um Devin Clark's got his hands full. Um He does, but he does but very well with this style this of style. fighter. You take you know, he, he had the fight with Menafield. You know, mm-hmm. that was a, you know, a fight where he really showed a lot of heart. And I think Menafield is super strong, hits super hard, you know, very aggressive guy. He actually might be even technically better as far as the way he goes about things than Kudalava. But, mm-hmm. you know, that when you're looking at Devin as a fighter, this is the kind of guy that he should do well with if he fights smart. Yeah. Who else on this card you, are you interested in seeing? Uh, you know, the Mandy Baum, you know, she's been in, uh, she was in Bellator, I think, in her last fight. I think that fight against Lipsky, Lipsky is, it's a good fight. It's a good, you know, matchup back and forth. Baum is technical. She's good on the feet, 
decent on the ground. I think Lipsky's better on the ground. But the one that I really look at that I think is going to be great is the one before it. And that's Gallegos against Sarukian. Because yep. Armand Sarukian is a tough bastard. But you've got to give Christos Gallegos credit. He is a veteran now. He's a wily guy. He is very calm in his attacks. He's good everywhere. But he's got his hands full against Armand. Yeah, Sarukin is the guy that fought Islam. Yeah. They had a they had a good little Went scrap a back and forth. Yeah. I mean, but um I don't know if many people know, but Islam was battling with uh I believe he had staff or he was sick. One of the two things he had uh for that fight, so he was on medication that week. And you could tell in that fight he was he was exhausted. Yes. I think after round two he was just done. I don't think halfway through round two he was he was exhausted. But uh, but yeah, but, that, but regardless though, he's got good wrestling, he's got he's got some power. He's got really he's, good he's wrestling. A bull- yeah, he's got really good wrestling, but he's got some power as well. He's not afraid to get up when he does get on top. He does Nash's ground and pound. He's got good submissions. He's got good control. He's a top level fighter. He's had a you know um, he just ran into a buzzsaw when he ran into Islam, but he's had some good fights. He's he's a top level guy, man. He, yep. He's just got to make a he's got to make a really good run. Can you pull up his record there? I think his record sixteen yeah. and two, right? Sixteen and two, yeah, I see that, but I want to see his fights. Yeah, so he's had uh, Frivola, he's beaten Ramos, he's beaten um, I can't remember Auburn Mercer, whatever it is he fought. Um, he's fought in the PFL now. Olivier, yeah, Olivier, Olivier, Aubin Mercier. Yep. Good so. Guy. I mean, but he's had decisions, so he's got to start getting some finishes. If they're going to start marketing him and producing him, um, giving him some bigger name fights, he's going to have to start getting some wins in terms of his uh, finishes. And that goes for any fighter, not just him. You know, um, wrestling people and taking them down and controlling them and, and all that's great, but you got to start working for the submission. Yep. So I'll uh, go ahead and let me see. What else? What other fights are on here? Which one do you like? I just gave you mine. Uh, I mean, I'm look. I'm excited to watch Raquel Pennington make you know come back into the cage. Um, who else? I always like wa- I, Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Buckley. I mean, he's fought in Bellator. He's also has a, that highlight real knockout in the UFC. But, and the guy that he did that against, he's lower on the thing. That's uh, Impa. He's at the. Is he down at the bottom there? He's down in the prelims, but gotcha. Uh, Nicholas Malta is he's tough as hell too. Really good <coughs> fighter. I mean, there's some, there's some good, there's a couple good names on here, but nothing that really stands out in terms of you know fights that. This uh, is JP buys. Is he this? Is he also? Uh, is he related to the other buys in this in the UFC? I don't Does know. anyone know that? I don't oh. know. I was wondering that. Maybe someone can tell us. Um. All right. Wait. Other than that, I mean, there, there's not really a whole lot on the card that I mean, like I'm sitting here going like, yeah, I know all these guys. I'm not gonna lie to you guys, man. I don't know all these guys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know, and like we were talking about this earlier. Like there's not like I know Montel Jackson. I don't know who JT, uh, JP buys is. I know who Nicholas Malta is, but I don't know who Cameron Van Camp is. Um, uh, Raquel Pennington, obviously, I know. Antonio Arroyo, I know. And Joaquin Buckley, I know. Tony Gravely, I know. I mean, but like. In terms of who they're fighting and what they're doing, what about uh, Joseph Nathan Maness? You know anything about him, John? Yeah, he's good. He's a, he's he a good? So, he's a solid fighter everywhere. He's got really good wrestling. Um, he's thirteen he's and tough. one. Yeah, he's tough. He's thirteen and one. He's 
I, I like Tony Gravely. I just don't think that's a good fight for him. Mm, got it. We'll All right, see. well, hey, hopefully hopefully you guys enjoy the UFC. That'll be going on the same time that Yoel Romero and Phil Davis are fighting. So if you guys want to tune into Bellator um, on Showtime, make sure you guys hit that subscription button there and uh, buy, the, buy the Showtime. So I think it's cheap right now. I think what they're offering is for, like I want to say, like either $8.99 or $4.99. But I could be – maybe they've changed since the last time we've done this advertisement. But, yeah, check them out and uh, pick it up for the Yoel, Yoel Romero and Phil Davis fight. But we're going to jump into uh, Bellator. Yoel Romero and Phil Davis is headlining this. There's a lot of things that people don't know, and I can't tell them. And John doesn't even know because I can't tell John either. I know. But this 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 fight, he's like, I know. This fight has a, a lot on it. There's a lot going on right now for this fight. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. So this is a big time fight for both of these fighters. And uh, Phil's coming it? off of his Phil's coming off of his loss to um, Nemkov. Nemkov. In the in the tournament, and Yoel making his debut, so both of them have a lot to prove. Yoel fighting at two hundred five, so there shouldn't be any concern whatsoever about him not making weight like there has been before when he was in the UFC fighting at one eighty five. He's not a tall guy, but he's explosive, and I think the fact is the fact that he's forty four years old, and him not having to cut weight, we may see a different type of Yoel Romero. It is the we question. May see someone who has energy in the second round. <laughs> you know, you know? look at. I've always looked at Yoel as a guy who he does have to maintain his composure and slow the pace of the fight down. He does it all the time. You just watch the way he does things because he has to because he knows that ah, I'll get tired and he doesn't want to get to that point. So he's able to slow it down. And at 205, I think he's going to find that he has more gas in the tank. He hasn't depleted his body, especially at 44 that makes a huge difference that's 20 pounds that is a huge amount of weight now he's still going to be cutting but he's not going to be cutting near as much and his ability to replenish himself will be vastly improved uh, in the, the proper way so the real question is how does he handle the pace because Phil's not a guy that comes out and puts on this dramatic pace on anyone anyways both these guys come from a a wrestling background both of them are fantastic wrestlers you know phil being an nc2a champion and yoel being a silver medalist in the olympics you know obviously phil's a good wrestler yoel was a great wrestler and just you look neither guy really brings wrestling into their games all that much phil tends to do it a little bit more than Yoel, but Yoel really has fallen in love with the stand-up, and only against you know certain guys will he even look for that takedown. So the question is, does he even look for the takedown against Phil Davis because he's going to look at it like it's going to burn energy and I don't want to do that, and I'm going to stand here and throw hands with him because I think that's the easier route to victory for me. Every time I see Yoel Romero get on top of somebody on the ground, he's devastating. Oh devastating but he just doesn't he just doesn't do it that often leon machito is just nasty yeah you know but he doesn't do it that often he just decides i'm comfortable where i'm at and i'm going to stay here and if he does that in my opinion he's he's putting the fight in a position where he could lose it yeah no i agree i think phil's got to try to wrestle him as much as he can in the first round but phil just, just doesn't do it 
We said that when he should have when he fought Nemkov. We've said that before when he fought you know previously when he fought Ryan Bader. He should have wrestled more, and he just doesn't do it. And I don't want, I can't explain for the life of me why he doesn't do it. But if I think if he if he can get Yoel Romero to wrestle as much as possible in that first round, by the second round Yoel Romero will be a different fighter. Yeah, he won't have the explosiveness. He don't get me wrong; he's still dangerous. He'll always oh, yeah. be dangerous. If you look at the Machida fight, I know he, that was years ago. But it was like he was goofing around in the first round. But then when the second round came, he got the takedown. He got on top. The fight was over in seconds. Seconds. You know, he got to that top position, started hammer fisting the power, and just the, it was just nasty. Phil Davis also, if he gets taken down, he can't afford to be laying on bottom trying to hit submissions. He's got to work to try to get back up. He's got to be careful getting back up because any type of that power, any guys have felt the power of, of Yuval Romero. He's got extreme power, not just in his ground and pound, but in the exchanges on the – on the feet, you know, and even one of my good friends, Rockhold, felt it. You know, he's just nasty, man. There's guys that he had just have, they have that type of power, and you want to make sure you stay away from it yeah. and whatever you got to do. But I think in terms of him staying away from it, he's got to wrestle him more. He's also got to take some of that power away and zap that energy by wrestling him as much as he can in the first round. It's just nasty and dangerous to get into a wrestling match with an Olympic silver medalist. I don't give a shit if he's 44, Exactly. You know, that, look, obviously, yeah. his wrestling has diminished, but he can still wrestle. And he can yeah. wrestle in his sleep. So Yeah. He's good. He's good. So, But it, it makes for a stylistically, it makes for a fun fight. It makes for an entertaining fight, I think. Um, it is three rounds, so they could fight at a pretty fast pace. If But Phil's never been known to fight at a fast pace, and neither is Joel. No. So whoever decides to fight at a fast pace, can, I think, can end up di- dictating the pace of this fight and winning the pace and winning this fight. So whoever fights at a faster pace is going gonna, is gonna to win more. Um, Neiman Gracie making against Mark Liminer. Look, Mark's got his hands full. Everywhere that Mark needs to take this fight, he can't. He needs to press him to the fence. He needs to dirty box him and grimy box him and then he needs to rough him up make it a dirty grimy fight if he can do that that's great if he takes him down i think he gets submitted if he stays on the outside i think neiman punches if he gets in the clinch that's the other thing if he's in the clinch neiman likes to do his takedown he likes to hit his takedowns on body locks i think anywhere mark takes this fight it's not a good look for him He's got to either get in, box, and then get out so he doesn't get body locked and taken down. And Mark's also not the bigger fighter. Mark's a shorter guy. You know, he's stocky. He's got a little bit of power he's in his strong. hands. He's strong. He's got a good chin. But Neiman's, Neiman's good. He's just good in terms of he's, he fights smart as well. And if you go back and watch his fight with Jason Jackson, he was doing well up until this the weird stoppage where Jason Jackson hit his eyeball on the fence, and the doctor stopped it because it cut his eyelid, which I'm surprised they can let it continue. But um, it was just one of those. It's, it was a f- weird thing, weird situation, and a weird thing for them to um, for that fight. To, the way it all went down. So Neiman was winning that fight up until that moment, you know. But Mark is not that type of fighter. Mark is not going to fight him the way that the Jason Jackson fought him. So I, I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna lean towards Neiman. Neiman's got all the tools to get this done, whether it's on the feet. On the body lock position, on the on definitely on the ground, he's a stud on the ground. The leg locks, well, all that's, those things. That's the big thing. All there. Lemminger come, comes from you know a wrestling background. He's a good wrestler. Wrestlers tend to leave their legs out there, and if you're not up to you know up to school on the leg locks, there's there's just a difference in certain guys' abilities to do leg locks. You know, Neiman. Working with John Danaher and all those killers out of the death squad, his leg locks are good now. 
he hits it clean and he keeps you know you away from him uh normally he's controlling both of your legs and then deciding which one that he's going to attack and so he's got the ability to put someone in a lot of trouble quickly without them realizing that you know it's, it's happening so yeah. lemonster's got his hands full he's got he's got to be very careful in his attacks and in being very tight he can't you can't stick anything out there you start to extend something and put it in a place that doesn't belong that's going to be your undoing so it's a tough fight for him yeah let's talk about this next fight i like <laughs> this fight Alejandro Lara and Deanna Bennett. This is gonna be this is gonna be fireworks, man. Alejandro Lara just walks forward. If you go back and you watch her Vita Ortega fight, they just walked out within seconds. There was already like twenty punches thrown. Within seconds, they came out, just started throwing punches back and forth. Beautiful exchanges by Alejandro Lara with the push kick up the middle, head kicks. I think she dropped her with a head kick in the second round. She has some good combinations. She's got good power. She's southpaw. But but one thing I can say about her, though, is when she does get to the top position, she's got heavy hips. She knows how to apply the pressure, and she's good, and she's got pretty good submissions. You know, now, Deanna Bennett's also good, but she's also susceptible of giving up some positions to give her back or do what she did against Liz Carmouche. She does what a wrestler does. She does what a wrestler does. But I I also look at I'm like, the size to me is going to be a factor because Alejandro Lara is pretty big for the weight. You know, you put her against, like, if you, like, size wise, she's going to be, I think, significantly bigger than, than Deanna Bennett. Is that one at 135 or 125? Even if it's at 125, because she sometimes will fight at 130 and 135, yeah. Alejandro Lara will. But even if they fight at 125, that means it's more going to favor Alejandro Lara when she puts that weight back on. You know, she's she's a big she's like when she fought Watanabe. I mean, really, she just blew her gas tank out at the end of the first because she had done so much work in the first round. She destroyed Watanabe. I think she dropped her too, if I recall, in that first round. She put some good work into that first round. She wasn't able to get her out of there. She tried super hard to get her out of there in that first, wasn't able to get it done. Second round came around. She was still in the mix, but she started slowing down. You could see Watanabe started stepping it up in the third round. She just didn't have enough in her. She lost the takedown, I think, with like two minutes left, and she ended up getting dominated from the rest of the round, and she lost the fight. But that was a great fight, and Watanabe is considered to be one of the best females in that weight class. Oh, no you doubt know, about and it. Not just, not, just in the, not just in Bellator, but across, you know, uh, in the world. And so that, I mean, that let me know where Alejandra Lara is in, in terms of in that weight class as well as her, her abilities. She's a stud. She possesses some powers in her hands. She her kicks don't seem like they're hard, but they've got they've got the weight behind it. She's got some thick legs, man, and she throws it, and they get up there pretty fast. And the style of her hands with her, with her kicks, kind of reminds me a little bit of that that Wonder Boy Thompson. It doesn't have the snap, obviously. You guys, calm down. I'm not trying to, but I'm saying it kind of has you know a little bit of that that Taekwondo, I don't know, karate style, like kind of like it looks like it's slapping with the foot, but there's some power behind it. It's all about the. She's got a fluidity to her movement. There's a flow to her. And I think it comes from a gym, well, gymnastics background does the, like the, what do they call them? Silks and the ropes and yeah. does all that stuff. And so she's very athletic that way. I think the real question for me is this one, Deanna Bennett. I really like Deanna. She's just a, a wonderful person, but the, the emotion that's going to go into this fight, you know, her dad used to be part of the San Jose police department and actually used to work the events that you were part of with strike force, you know, and, and he would you know, come home and talk to her about, you know, she needs to be a fighter and stuff. You know, she would do good at that. She became a fighter. And then her dad ended up dying of uh, cancer. 
and she uh, she always wanted to fight in San Jose where her dad worked and where he was able to work, you know, watching Strike Force. So, John, you're pulling on my fucking heartstrings right now, buddy. This is yeah, horrible. Don't I'm telling no, this story. You know, and I look you're at killing it, me. This is why I look at this fight and I go, sad man. You know, that's a there's going to be a whole lot of emotion going on in Deanna Bennett. Is that going to affect her in a good way? Or is it, it going to affect her in a negative way? It's really something that you ne- you don't know until that moment. And so we're going to see because there's a whole lot going into this more than just the fight itself for Deanna. And, and you know, it's going to be a, a special moment for her. I hope I hope that it it is exactly what she always you know, anticipated it to be. Yeah, I, and look, and I know I spent a lot of my time talking about Alejandro Lara in the, in the first part of this conversation. But let's not forget, when she fought Liz Carmouche, it was 1-1 going into the third. Yeah, she made a mistake, gave up her back, and, she, and next thing you know, Liz on her back was able to get the finish. Let's not forget, Liz almost finished Ronda Rousey, jumping to her back and getting there as well. You know, So there's been a lot of times when, she gets, when Liz gets on people's back, she's able to finish. But it was 1-1 going into that third round. You know, And Liz had her hands full in that fight. It wasn't an easy fight. She, it wasn't she, a cakewalk. She, was, she lost that second round and yep. lost it pretty handily. So going into the third, you're going... It ain't looking too good for her right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Deanna Bennett's not someone to, to overlook. You know, so I don't want it to come across like I overlooked her in the, when, I had, when I was talking in the first part. But, yeah, it's going to be a good fight. But I just think the size. Liz Carmouche is not a big person. You know, no. so when you put her against Deanna Bennett, they seem like they're about the same size. I'd say Deanna may be a little bit bigger than Liz. But Alejandro Lara is, like, a lot bigger than both of them together. You know, not not both of them together, but the two of them. <laughs> but she's big. She's just tall. She's tall, long, and lanky for the weight at one twenty five. I mean, she. How tall is she? Can you look her up there? Yeah, I want to say she's five six, five, maybe. Yeah, five, five seven. seven. She's a. That's pretty tall for for someone at one twenty five. I mean, she's got a she's that long style. She fights long as well. You know, and she can take a shot. She likes to deliver a shot. You know, at nine and four. I mean, let's not forget when she fought. When she fought uh, Alimale McFarlane, she really had no idea what she was doing on the ground, and she had some. She had a couple of good little scraps with Alimale until she got caught, I believe, in the triangle, you know, um, years back. But she went on a run of getting some wins. She lost a couple here and there, but it's all been through a learning process. She's gotten a lot better, so this is a big opportunity for Deanna Bennett, and she's fighting someone who is who's fought, you know, pretty much the who's who in the Bellator situation for the females in the flyweight division. So should be a good fight. I think it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun fight. So we're gonna see, hopefully, some uh, good action between the two. May yeah. the best person win. The next fight, though, was supposed to be Adam Piccolotti and Saul Rogers, which I was pumped for because Adam's a local guy here, and I've trained with Adam for years. But Adam can't seem to get the fuck out of his own way. Okay, He's <laughs> fought Sydney Outlaw, tore his ACL, then he gets back into camp after after almost eight months off. Gets back into camp, starts training. Breaks his collarbone, put, gets a plate put in, so his collarbone's broken. And then two weeks now before the fight, gets a huge gash on his forehead. He looks like the, what is it? I don't even know what it is. It's cabbage Patch Kid, what do they call it? The garbage. No, 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 man. He looked like, what's his name from, uh, what's the kid with the, the Harry Potter, man? He oh, he looked Potter like Harry. Man. That's right. He did kind of look a little yeah. like Harry Potter. Yeah, it was all stitched up. It looked horrible. Yeah, I was like, gosh, thing. man. So he was out of the fight. And I'm like, this is just, it's there it is. Look at that. Oh, that's Jeez. a good one. Come on, man. At yeah. least clean the blood off your face. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Man. Happens. Fuck. Happens. Damn it. Happens Damn all it, time. Adam. 
But that would have been a good fight, him and Saul Rogers. But hey, I'm not mad at the Georgie Carhanian replacement. I was going to say, way to go with the replacement. I thought, and way to yeah. go with Georgie Carhanian stepping up because he's taking that on, what, about two weeks? Yeah, two weeks, two weeks notice. notice. The other thing, yeah, the other thing as well is that Georgie is, Georgie's always training. He lives in California. <clears throat> he's always getting ready with, uh, with you know, TJ Dillashaw, I believe, and those guys still down there at the training lab, and he's, he's all around that area. Look, those guys are good. You know, they're active. They always are. They're always training. But this also at fifty-five. Saul Rogers has been doing a lot of work at forty-five. The weight cut was getting to him. I think John it's the best, I, you best I, thing ever for Saul Rogers. Yeah, you and I have been talking about this. Is that he's physically really strong. Yes. But now he he's not going to be the biggest guy and the strongest guy now in there. But he'll maybe will have the energy to get past the second round because that's what was happening to him. He was just cutting too much weight. He ended up just not being able to get into that into that late second round. He started withering away. It's just too much of a weight cut. You've seen that in the past with certain fighters that have just cut too much weight. That shit never happens to Max Holloway, which I don't understand. But to other people, it happens to. You know, when they cut too much weight, they get in there, and it just affects the, their performance as they start to die out. Uh, Gleason Tebow was a good example, and uh, Tiago Alves was another good example. Mm-hmm. Um, I would maybe even say Anthony Rumble Johnson. You know, oh, he was another good example. Come on, great example of it because he was losing you know? so much weight; it was crazy. Yeah, so they they were losing so much weight, but it started affecting their performances later in the fight. And so those are guys that were good examples of that. And I think Saul Rogers is another example of that. So I think this replacement is going to be a great fight. Georgie is somebody that definitely can get the win. Thirty three and eleven and one. Don't let the record fool you. He's had a good run, you know. And if you, a lot of people looked at the Miles Jury fight and thought he won, you know, I kind I kind of had my I kind of had. Uh, Georgie right there with him. I, I wasn't mad at where, whichever way it went. I thought Miles did just barely enough, I think, to win it, you know, in that third round. But it was close. Yeah, it was close. Um, overall, though, it's going to be a good fight. I agree. I think it's going to be a, a fun fight. I, and I'm really excited to see Saul Rogers. I, I think Georgie has fought better now that he's been at 155. Yeah. Not absolutely. losing the weight. And I think Saul Rogers, I'm expecting the same thing. So, you know, Sal's got to be very careful with, you know, one thing. He cannot stick his head to the outside on a takedown attempt against Georgie. Georgie's got a nasty guillotine. Ask Bubba Jenkins about, you know, Georgie Carhanian's, you know, guillotine. So you've got to be smart if you're going to try to take Georgie down. Guy's got, he is a legit black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he's got a nasty guillotine attack. So Sal needs to be sure about when he's doing the things that he does all the time, where do you put that head on the takedown? Yeah. Um, look, there's a lot I want to say about Christian Edwards. I'm a little, I don't want to say I'm upset, but I just don't think this fight should be on the main card. It should have been the main event of the prelims. I'm upset that, not upset, but Grant Neal and Alex oh. Polizzi should have been on the main card. I agree. This fight is going to be a barn burner. Alex Polizzi is a good wrestler. Grant Neal being the shorter, stockier guy, former football player Super from hard Colorado. Take down. Good t- good takedown defense. He's got good takedowns himself. He's Big a power. Shit house. Got big power. He's one of those brick shithouse, man. He just comes forward and he just throws big punches. He's hard to take down. He's a stud. He's a stud. He's just one of those. He's, he's, he's a really he's he's 6-0. A not a, yeah, he's a throw, he is a throwback. Not a lot of experience, though, at 6-0. Alex Polizzi, 8-1. Alex is tough, man. He's really tough. I, we called a couple of his fights overseas. I think one in Italy, correct? I've done one in Italy, and I think I've done one in, uh, in London, I think. One in London and one in Italy. No, you you did his you did, yeah you also called his fight in, um, Mohegan Sun. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
He's good. He was, I believe, LFA champion, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he's just good everywhere. He had the one fight where he fought um, Julius Anglicus. I, I hate mm-hmm. that name. I can't say that name. Anglicus. Julius, I well, because we started changing. We Angli- used to call it Anglicus. Anglicus. That was a very simple. Angli- yeah. Ang- now it's Anglicus. Yeah. I'm, but, yeah, I'm sorry. Hard sorry. pass for me. But I won't Julius, do when you're looking at it, Julius has got good takedown defense, and he's got a very serious stand-up game as far as very basic, but uses the jab well, jab-cross-hook combinations, and just too much for Polizzi to be able to, to get his takedowns and work it. But, you know, before that, man, he was lighting people up. You know, he, he got a win against um, uh, Rafael Carvalho, you know, the guy that used to be the middleweight champion in Bellator. He's good, man. He's That yeah. one loss against a guy that's a stud and he went up in weight to get it you know because he was at one time i believe middleweight then he's gone up to light heavyweight he's he's the full package yeah julia uh anglicus is he's got one loss correct yep anglicus got one loss but he's also he's a stud like you said but he's ripped he's big for the weight huge seems like he's super strong he was also supposed to be the um the alternate for the 205 pound uh tournament yeah. For the World Grand Prix light heavyweight tournament. Yep. So I think he might even still be the alternate, only based is, on the fact that... He is still the alternate. Yeah, because they were going to try to slide somebody else. Uh, there was something There was something that happened, I think, in the first round that they were talking about using him. And, oh, when Yoel got bumped out. Yeah, it was when Yoel of, uh, got bumped out, they were going to put him against Anthony Johnson, but, but he it had wasn't just fast fought enough. two weeks before. And yeah. He said, look, I can't take that fight that yeah. fast. And so... They put him. You know, they put somebody else in there, and he was still the alternate. Yeah, he should have though. He should have taken that fight. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, look, the Grant Neal and Alex Polizzi fight. That to me is the fight to make. Christian Edwards is a stud, like you were saying. What he's one of only two guys really to get a to a Jackson Wink scholarship in terms of to be able to to yeah. get funding, free membership, and training, and Davion Franklin. So those two guys, they're part of Bellator, but they're they're the two guys that really just. They're hard workers. They do everything right. They just need a little bit more time in the cage. Bellator's given them opportunity, and they've they've done a great job of shining. And so I think right now, Christian Edwards like against Ben Parrish, this fight right here is for him to lose. He just needs to go out there and fight a composed fight, not use his gas tank up, you know, and pick and choose his shots, and not to get carried away because Ben Parrish is a big guy. You just don't want him pressing against you, laying on you, getting a takedown, and being on top of you, and just co- covering you. And holding you down and making you carry his weight. If you do that, it's going to be a You're long night for you. Yep. Yeah, you've got to stick and move, hit him with some clean shots, and get out of the way so he doesn't fall on you. Footwork. You know, if you, yeah, footwork. That's it. That's really what it comes down to. Angles. And if you can get, if you can get to the top position, if you can snatch a single leg, sit him to his butt, and get to the top position, you're going to be able to do some good work from the top there too, because he's going to have a hard time getting off of his back. So overall, though, look, I mean, those are the those are the fights that I'm really looking forward to seeing. You know, and so those that's that pretty much the whole main card and the main event on the on the uh prelims. That's gonna be a good night. It's gonna be a long night of fights though. What is there, like fifteen fights? Yeah, fifteen, 15 fights, fights on the UFC, fourteen fights I believe on the Bellator card. Jeez. Yeah, just hey. Save not... us, please. <laughs> save us. <laughs> I was gonna say save us. you're getting paid by the fight. No, you're not. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I liked I liked when we were doing the ten fights, but look, I know why they're scheduling fourteen to fifteen fights because we we tend to lose one or two the fight the week of the fight for COVID. 
And uh, for a while there at Mohegan, we were losing because of medical stuff, like oh, basically like elevated heart rates and this and that. I'm like, ugh. So, you know, there was times we only had like eight or nine fights. I was like, shit, this is crazy. Um, but it was, was, it was a short it was night. Great. Yeah, it was great. It was a short <laughs> night. Short night for us. But overall, look, it should be a good card. The main card should definitely be good. That's on Showtime on Saturday night. It will be going on around the same time as the UFC, so make sure you guys tune in and watch. Uh, don't miss that Yoel Romero and Phil Davis fight, though. That's going to be a great fight. A and I also fight. think that, that Nima Gracie and Lemonier fight is going to be a good fight. Look, any chance you get a chance to watch Alejandro Lara and Deanna Bennett fight, I think it's going to be a good fight as well. Um, Christian Edwards is something special. Tune in and watch that. I think Grant Neal and Alex Polizzi should be fun. I believe you'll be able to watch that, the Alex Polizzi and Grant Neal on Bellator's YouTube, so you guys can check it out there. All right, everyone, we want to thank MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code WAYNEIN for your added bonus, the QR code over there in that direction. The NFL is back and in action, and so is winning season at MyBookie.ag. With over $500,000 in contest prize money winning, seasons make the big games better and the victories even sweeter. Head to MyBookie.ag and choose from a variety of boosts, contests, and promotions up for grabs. Highlighted. By the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest, and it only costs you $10 to enter. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. On MyBookie.ag, if you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because entries are still open, and all it takes is one solid week to get you back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with my bookie today. In order for you to get started, make your first deposit at mybookie.ag and use the promo code WEIGHINGIN to instantly receive double your deposit. That's double your money. Twice as much. Come on, that's a lot of money. To double your winnings with your very first ever deposit using the promo code WEIGHINGIN. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Use the QR code that's right here. So first piece of news is Sean O'Malley talking about free agency. Um, he also kind of commented too that he believes he's not far from the title, but uh, he deserves more money. Um, and so when his contract's up, he has kind of hinted at going and testing free agency. Two weeks in a row, John, he said something brilliant that I agree with, okay? <laughs> Two weeks in a row, I was he waiting. said, yes, he said he's going he's gonna to wait to take the bigger fights. Last week, he said, I was going to wait to take the bigger fights until he gets paid more money. Brilliant, Sean. Love it. I love where your mind was at. I gave you credit last week. I'm giving you credit again. Now he's saying that when he's done fighting, when he's done fighting, <laughs> or when he's done with his contract, he's going to check the open market and see what free, is it free agency or, yeah, it's, he's going to check the free agency. He's going to check that out and see what they're going to offer him. He's going to see what his value is. What his value is. That's brilliant. This is what they do in the NBA. This is what they do in the NFL. This is what they do in Major League Baseball. Why would you not follow suit with what the bigger bigger sports are doing? What these bigger name athletes are doing. Bro, no one ever said you weren't a star. I never said that. I always thought you were. Okay, you've got the talent. You've got all these things. You're marketable. There's no doubt about it. Okay, um, look, in terms of you being ready, like almost there for a title shot, absolutely not. 
Okay, we got to get you up. We got to get you in the top 15 first, bud. Okay, I, I, I'm, you, got me, you got me up to a certain point. I got to dial you back a tiny bit in this little situation. Now, do you mean that you're, not, you're, you're, close, you're kind of close to a title shot like he's in four fights, maybe five fights? I could see that because you are a star. Look at Islam Makachev. Like, if, once they want to put him there, they'll put him there. There's no doubt about that. He's going to have some runs. But if I pull up, like Dave just pulled up the rankings here, Let's get into this into this one third. What is one thirty five? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so right. Y- you've lost to Marlon Vera. You lost to Cheat though. So let's let's wipe that off your record, okay? Let's just not let's say okay. Look, we're gonna make our, our run after that. You, I'd like to see you, you fight. Are you wiping that off of someone's record? Like, I'm not wiping it off the record. What I'm saying is like, okay, look, that fight happened. You've had some wins since then. You've looked good, especially your last fight. You know, target practice on the kid that came in from the LFA. I think he's where he came from. Okay, but good stuff, man. Like, it was stick and move, stick and move. You need a great cardio, good shape for that. He looked, I thought he looked good. You know, um, I would like to see him get the finish. But some, some people just got good chins, man. They're hard to finish. But yeah. if I'm going to put you in that mix, getting a win over Dominic Cruz, getting a win over Frankie Yeager, getting a win over Cody Garbrandt, um, Marlon Marais, those guys, you, you, I could see you matching up well with them because of the, the, the length and the range. I could see you matching up well. Um. Maybe in a maybe even in a Sun Sal. Um, you know, Cody's going to one twenty five, so I gotta probably take him off the list. And I don't even know Cody's hard to hit. He's got speed, he's got the power. You know, those are the type of things you gotta be concerned with. Jose Aldo, if he leg kicks, you're gonna have a hard time, buddy. You're gonna have a hard time because we've seen in his last fight, which he hasn't kicked in a long time, but them leg kicks are nasty. And now with that calf kick and he has showed that he is not the old man that we all thought he was. So that's a tough fight. So you might want to hold off for another maybe two years, okay, for that fight. But he's, but look, overall though, there's guys in this thing in this weight where you can get in there and get after it. But I think two, I think two, three big wins over guys that that have some name value that are in that top ten, top you know, top six somewhere in there. You're right. You could be. You could be. But it's going to take you three to four fights, and that's going to take you at least a year and a half, two years. So I want to see you get paid more, which is the best thing for you. I want to see you test the free agency. I want to see that happen as well because I think that that will also drive your price up. But what that will do, Sean, and John will agree with me on this, that will piss off the UFC. So you've got to be very careful. Like, I understand why you're doing it, but you should expect to piss them off a little bit. So when you came out and said this, you might have said it too soon, buddy. You might have said it too soon. You might have played your cards a little too soon. You should have probably waited until your last fight because now they're going to probably hold you out for a year between the, your your second to last fight and your last fight. They're going to hold you for a year until that last fight. And then if you don't take those fights, they're just going to keep extending your contract. You should have waited, I think, a little bit. But, look, I like where your mind's at. You got some you're, you got good process. Here, here's the problem. And this is, you know, we, we talked about this before. In this situation, Sean has got, he's got good name value. Mm. He's got very good name value. And if you're the UFC and you have a guy saying, I'm going to test the free agency market. Okay, that's all right. Take a look at that list that we were just talking about. Because somewhere in that top seven, that will be the person that they offer Sugar Sean. And so when he says no, what does that do? Extend your contract. Extends the contract out. So now, oh, you said no. So now you're now you're stuck here longer. And then they're going to offer him another fight. And where's that fighter going to be placed at? Probably above the last one. 
Yeah. And if he says no, what's going to happen? And this is, this is this is the problem. And so you've got to be smart about how you do this. You know, if it's okay, and, and it is absolutely you know, Sean O'Malley's right, and he should always look to see what your value is everywhere. That's that's called being smart. That's called being a business because you are a business unto yourself. Yes, you're a fighter, and yes, you're fighting right now for the UFC, but the UFC is its own business. You need to take care of the Sean O'Malley business, which you're doing in a lot of other ways. But in this one, you're going to end up having to fight someone up in that that category. You know, I know you turned down Frankie Edgar and stuff like that, but you're going to have to be fighting somebody up in that that name value for you to get out of that contract and to yeah. see what your value is. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough position. No, he's they're going to keep... the first, he ain't the first fighter that's been there and he won't be the last. Nope. Look, I think what he's doing is smart, but I also think that he played his cards too soon. I've already said that. But what I also think is that he should have kept it to himself because they, like you said, they're going to continue to give him guys. They're going to try to beat him. They yeah. want to get him beat. So then if he does leave, oh, see, he was washed up. Or well, he wasn't that good. see, he wasn't as good as we thought he was going to be. And that's the thing is that he, that's that, that's the game that you play when you deal with when you're dealing with promotions, not just the UFC with promotions. You know, they try to be smart about it. They try to make sure that you go out on a loss, you know, and if you don't go on a loss, then what they're going to do is just going to try to extend you out as long as they can, you know, and you've got to be training and getting better every single day during those these times because yep. if you're not training and getting better, they're going to find somebody that can that's tailor-made to beat you. You know, whether it's a Frankie Edgar who's got great wrestling and someone who's got nasty ground up how when he gets to the top position, got great control and submissions, that type of person. Dominic Cruz, someone who can change levels really fast. He's got awkward style stand up. He's still fast on the takedown. When he gets to the top, he's good on submissions as well. He's got good ground up how. Like he's, these guys are, they're veterans of the sport. They're very well rounded. You know, so these are guys that you're going to have a hard time with. Guys like a Marlon Marais, you know, someone who can just get in, big kicks. Big power. Nasty kicks. Got big power. You know, um, those are the type of guys they're going to try to match you up with. And then when you, every time you turn someone down, they're going to extend your contract like John was saying. You could be a year before you before you see action. So I would have liked to have seen you be a little bit smarter in terms of not saying anything. But now you've already let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, you're going to have a hard – they're not going to make it easy for you right now. Good luck, baby. But, yeah, I wish you luck, man. Yep. I, I Look, I – Obviously, because we work for Bellator, I'd love to see you come to Bellator. But I would also love to see this, though. I would love to see you get paid the most money you possibly can. And if yeah. the UFC is what pays you the most money that possibly pays you, fucking joy. Get it, get it, get it, get it. That's all yeah. I care about. People think they're like, oh, I want to pitch. I'm trying to pitch all these guys to come to Bellator. No, I, I've, I've said this before. I wanted Gordon Ryan to come to Bellator. Gordon Ryan got a great deal with one. Marcus Puchecha, I was hoping he would come to Bellator. He got a phenomenal deal with one. I ain't mad at that. They're making a ton of money and they're not even fighting yet. You know what I mean? Like they're already making money. Like, you know, uh, Gable Stevenson, he signed that deal with the WWE. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Like you can't be mad at that. He's basically just a spokesperson for them now throughout his college, you know, for the rest of his college contract. It's smart, smart, smart young man doing great things, doing smart stuff. And this is what these, this is what people should understand is I just want the best for all the fighters. Make as much money as you can. I've always said this. To me, the fighter that did it the best, I mean, there was a couple guys. But for me, the fighter that did it the best was Eddie Alvarez. He went 
everywhere where the money was. And, like, I mean, he was with Elite XC, I believe, first, right? Bodog? Bodog. Bodog, Bodog. Bodog first. Elite Bodog, XC. Elite XC, Bellator, then UFC. Bellator, UFC. One. Yeah, he was, he's been everywhere, and he has made a ton of money. So nobody can be mad at this, man. Like, you've got to look at guys like that and be like, hey, this is what, this is what he has done. He's been cha- – Eddie was pretty much champion almost everywhere he went. But it was like he's, he's phenomenal, man. He's been phenomenal, but he's made a ton of money in everywhere he's went. So I look at guys like that, and I think to myself that, Sean, just follow that. Like, in terms of, hey, you've got something that's marketable. You've got to look. Like, Eddie – Eddie was Eddie Alvarez. His fighting style was kind of his marketability. The way he fought, took it on the chin, got dropped, the underground came back, king. knocked you out. He was just that guy. He, the underground king is a very, very good name that describes him because he's just that dog. Um, Sean, Sean's got a unique look to him. He's that tall, long, and lanky guy, but he's good on the ground. He's got a fast jab. He's got long kicks. He's tough, man. He's good. So I wish him the very best and good luck with the negotiations. Hopefully, um, Get this one more fight in and get closer to being done with your contract so you can check and see what the market is for you. Good. I'm excited to hear. I'm excited to see where he ends up. Uh, all right. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. Our next story um, can, continues this Khabib thing that's been coming up. Um, you know, the Khabib bashing. About... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Khabib, Khabib came out and made the comments about BG Penn, um, and then now Jose Aldo's kind of chimed in on everything. Um, Everybody's and... bashing Khabib. Ring card girls are bashing Khabib. Fighters are bashing Khabib. It is, it is, it is time to lay off of Khabib. Yeah. No, I agree. Away on this, Josh. What's that? <laughs> I said, I'll let you take it away on this one. <laughs> oh, you'll let me take it away on this? John, John's just done talking about the Khabib situation. Look, this is what's going to happen. Fighters that retire, they still talk, you know, the sport, because Khabib's still involved in the sport heavily because he now has, like, his own promotion over in Russia. He also is, you know, obviously the, the coach for Islam and, and Zuba and Abu Bakr and his his other cousins, Umar and Usman and everybody else that is involved in these in the in these camps. And so that being said, he's gonna chime in whenever the camera gets in front of him because, you know, they're gonna ask him about fighters and the and the fighters that he has and the fights that he's and the history of what he's done. And he's entitled to his opinion. Like he's entitled to the ring girl the ring card girl opinion. Who gives a shit? You know, like look, people need the to ring stop card being girls, so damn... they give a shit. Yeah, but no look Taking my job so sensitive. away. Don't be so sensitive, man. Your job's not going anywhere, ladies. Okay, <laughs> they're fine. Like it's fine. They, they'll be fine. UFC's not getting rid of green card girls. Dana White likes them too much. <laughs> they're staying. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true, though. You know, I didn't I, like, say anything. It's true. It's true. Ring, <laughs> look, green card girls have been around for a while. They're not going anywhere. But in terms of what Aldo is saying, Khabib would have would have lost sooner or later if he didn't run away as soon as he became the UFC champ. Look, the sport is the way the sport is. Almost, I mean, pretty much. I think what who is you have Rocky Marciano, you've got Floyd Mayweather, and you've got Khabib. I think are the three guys. I don't know. I'm sure there's other top level fighters that are, have retired undefeated. Okay, but I don't know any of the other ones off the top of my head. Okay, that have fought top level guys. But I do understand where where Jose Aldo is coming from, you know, and he's talking about, look, if you compare my record of the guys that I fought, you compare the record of the guys that the Khabib has fought, my, the guys that I fought were, let's go to the next, the next clip there, Dave. 
his next little one. The record of combined record. Khabib's record of his opponents was 67 and 49. Okay, the combined record of the opponents of Jose Aldo, 114 and 41. I mean, it says a lot. Okay, you, you, if we're going to talk about numbers. But look, I'm not talking about numbers. John, you and I have talked about this already. The straight dominance that he had over every single opponent he had ever fought was just mesmerizing. To, to see someone dominate other fighters the way that Khabib did was just, it was crazy. Hold on, but you're making a mistake here. Okay, you're saying, what's the mistake? Well, if you look at that again, it says the combined record of first 16 opponents. Mm-hmm. Okay? Oh, that, gotcha. Okay, okay. I don't care. Okay, and this is nothing. There are guys that go out, and I will tell you that, you know, I used to have to tell athletic commissions, in MMA, there's a big difference between records and boxing in the fact that MMA fighters, many times, you'll get a guy who is two and six, and he can fight his ass off. He is good. Because you look at all the guys that beat him the six, and they're all elite guys. He just went and he fought nothing but studs his entire eight-fight career so far, and he's got six losses, and you take a look at the way he lost, and it's split decision, you know, unanimous decision or something like that. He didn't, he didn't get stopped in any of them. You go, look, this guy can fight. This guy is good. And it's just different. You know, when you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, let's take a look at your – don't go with your first 16 fights. Go with yeah. your last 10 fights. That will say the caliber of fighters that you are competing against. That's that's the number that you need to look at. So when you look, I look at that, nothing against either one. It's just that it's not about the first first part of your career. It's the latter part of your career that is saying exactly who you are and where you are in the sport. You know, that's just to me, it doesn't. It, that's someone trying to make numbers look good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying, but I also want to go back into, like with Khabib, he had, when I had interviewed him before and talked to him before, he had 250, like, Sambo fights before he even got into the, into the UFC. Yeah, he lost one. That says a lot. Yeah, huh? He lost one. Yeah. He did. <laughs> you know, but I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know. He, he lost just said he had 250. One. And so when we're, having this, when we're having these conversations about him and how, like, <laughs> He's he's fought guys that were maybe maybe they all weren't top level, but 250 is a lot. Yeah, when you're talking about Sambo is very similar to what MMA is. Yeah, it, again, do me a favor, Dave. Pull up uh, pull up Aldo's record, and if you take a look at let's take a look at his last ten fights. Now that's really not fair because that wasn't where he was as dominant. You know, he he had that stretch forever. But if you take a look at his last. 10 I want to so Frankie Edgar was a win then he had Max Holloway Max Holloway losses that's where he lost the championship and then lost the the ability to take it back in the rematch he, he beat you know uh, Jeremy Stevens then he had the three losses well he had one another win then he had three losses in to Volkanovsky Marlon uh, Marais everyone remember that fight and it was a close fight he lost to Peter Yan in that uh, championship matchup, and he lost that pretty convincingly. Then he has two wins. So you take a look. Okay, out of the 10, you're looking at five losses. All right? But all against top caliber for the most part. And you all can, former champions. 
Except well, for Marlon not Rice. all. You know, Jeremy Stevens is not. Carnario is not. But, I mean, again. No, his losses. His losses have been to all former champions. Conor oh, yes. McGregor, Max yes. Holloway, Volkanovski. Yes. The only one is not Marlon Rice. Yeah, you're right. Man, well, Peter Marlon Marais, and, and you, you say Marlon was the champion in World Series of Fighting. Yeah. So, you know, all, all against great competition. So, you know, you take a look. Obviously, great competition. But if you take a look at the records and everything, those records are all going to be great records. Pedro Munoz has got a great record. You know, uh, Marlon Vera's got a good record. Peter Jan's the outstanding record. Marais has got a great record. Obviously, Volkanovski's only got one loss. So if you go in those last 10 fights, even though he lost, the, the amount of losses of his opponents is probably, you know, 15, maybe, you know, 15 to 20 at the most with a, a ton of wins, way over 100. And it's going to be the same for Khabib. All I'm saying is this. If you take a look, you, you can complain about anything. And people are going to complain about Khabib leaving and saying, oh, he didn't defend enough. There's only one person that can say when he should leave. That's him. That's him. And, it, and when you say, hey, this is it, it's enough, it's not that I don't want to see him again. I would love to see, you know, to be fight. But when he says enough, hey, thank you very much for what you've done. That's just the way I look at it. And it's the same thing I would say with, you know, Jose Aldo. Dude, when you say thank you much, thank you for everything you've done. You've been fantastic. You have, you have given more than you ever needed to and you know you you've given me enjoyment in watching your fights you've been fantastic win or lose you've always been classy i can't ask for anything more and i can't ask for anything more with khabib people are always going to be upset that he walked away when he was so dominant not going to change yeah I, I don't I, I look at that I don't look at it that way I don't know why I just look at it as like hey he left because of his own reason there was reason and yeah he left for his own reason and that's that's not even like for me that's not even in the conversation I, I don't care what somebody else thinks like Jose Aldo you can be mad because he left and he he even said something about like he's gonna look back and regret the fact that he left early I don't think he is I think because it's it's more important to him that of his mother feeling happy and his family being happy with what he's done already. He's already made a promise, and I, I think that to them that's more important. Um, I don't think he, he's made enough money. He's continuing to make a ton of money right now, and he's he's not even fighting. So what's uh, what's the argument? There is no argument. Um, I think what he's more upset about is like, look, once you have left the sport, people feel like you are still talking about the sport as if you're here and ready to fight. And that I think that kind of is what's rubbing them wrong. Jose Aldo, BJ Penn. I get it. I, I look. I understand. It. If you're not going to come back in the cage and fight, then why don't why don't you why, why don't you keep my name out of your mouth? That kind of situation. It's like why bring it up? And I get it. Ask questions. But here's the thing: he is now become such a celebrity and a star all around. Wherever he is, things get back to people about. Hey, a question was asked. Like, what do you think? Or who do you think you know is the best lightweight? It's like that. This all get turned upside down because of somebody you know the media asking these questions and him answering them. He's just doing. He's just answering his the way he felt at the time, and that and people just got to stop being so sensitive about it. Like Jose, to me, I feel like he's a little bit. He's a little upset and he's sensitive about it, and he tried to find any way he could to make an argument, which I I saw both sides. But at the end of the day, I guess with Khabib. 
And it goes for any fighter that's they're done fighting. If you're not going to fight, probably just not like don't bring up these conversations. Like don't talk about, it. don't answer these questions. Like, hey, if I'm not fighting, what's the point? Okay, does he have the right? To, yes, he does. If so, yeah, and this is where I look at. It doesn't matter in today's world. You could, you know, and and I've watched interviews with could be where they're asking him questions on stuff that you go, why are you asking yeah. him that question? You know, you're you're wanting to try to drive him into some type of political situation or religious situation. It's like, stop. You know, that's not who that guy is. He is a guy that he fights, he trains guys. Ask him those questions right there. But no matter what, he can't win. Yeah. If he if he answers one way, people are going to be happy and people are going to be upset. And if he answers completely the opposite, people are going to be unhappy and people are you know, are going to be happy. You can't make everybody happy. So don't, don't worry about it. Just be who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you're in the line like that, they're going to scrutinize you. That's it. No matter what. doesn't matter. All right. Nothing next. You can do. All right. Let's go. Our last piece of news. And it's about drum roll. <laughs> Conor McGregor. Oh, shit. Uh, McGregor. He cannot Keep himself out of the news. I, I don't understand what's going on here. It looks like he's just trying to fist bump Machine He's Gun trying Kelly. to fist bump a tall guy with jewelry on his face. Yeah, he's got What a, is that? I don't know. It looks like it might be Megan Fox's makeup. It looks like someone bedazzled him. Connor is a minus 5,000 betting favorite to defeat MGK. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, you know that's never going to happen. I mean, but Connor, I don't know. MGK, tall, long, and lanky, Josh. Yeah, you might be going in. You might be going in his direction. I think he's six three, or he's something like that. I think he's six three, six four, or something like that. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, like Connor, if you see the picture, he's got to jump and swing up just to hit him in the knees. So (laughs) it's like one of those. I don't know. It was. I saw the video that was going around. There was a video. I think we have it in our in our uh, in our news feed that we do between each other. And uh, Connor tried to hit him with the, the, his cane, and then he kind of got aggressive. You know, you could hear the media trying to. I saw a drink find, fly. That's all I saw. Yeah, trying to find out where Megan Fox is so they could pull her aside. It's just kind of a weird mess. I, I guess with the whole thing, the whole thing escalated when they asked Connor who he wanted to meet. His publicist asked Connor. Hey, he said, "Hey, Connor, who do you, who would you like to meet?" He saw MGK. He's like, "Hey, how about we? You know, I want to meet him." You know, and. I guess they, his publicist went over to their publicist and said, hey, Conor McGregor wants to meet you. And he's like, and their publicist basically said no. So I don't know. That was kind of the feedback that I got from people that were around the event. But that was all I got. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if that's kind of what the buzz was, is that he turned him down. I don't know why. It seemed like it was do with just kind of what's going on right now with Conor and the stigma of the whole fight and the bad just the bad mojo of it all. So they wanted to kind of distance themselves, you know, and that's kind of how Hollywood works. If people don't know, that's how Hollywood works. If you have a bad day, don't expect your publicist to want you to hang out with anyone that had that bad day. And that's how that system works down there. And anybody that tells you different is they're lying to you. And so you've seen, you know, you've seen it take, you've seen it take years for actors and actresses to make a comeback because they have to wait for the dust to settle and then their publicist started to work them back into some, you know, to some of these other um, agencies and other actors, and they start becoming friends with more people. But until then, your pe- these other actors and actresses and stars, 
Their publicists say, nope, you got to stay clear of them. You can't be around them. You can't be associated with them. You can't have texts with them. You can't have phone calls with them. You can't like their pictures on Twitter. You can't like their pictures on Instagram. It's true. You can't be seen liking anything because it'll be made a big deal on TMZ and every other thing. And so in this situation, that's kind of the feedback that I got. And I mean, I guess I can understand like you're trying to maintain your star power, whatever that is. (laughs) But but this is I will say this. This is what the uh, what the MTV or the what was it for the VMAs. See, this is why they fucking don't invite fighters. This is why. This is why. Right here. They're, they're thinking as soon as this all happened, they're thinking, this is why we don't have MMA fighters here at these events. <laughs> this shit happens. We're never invited these fuckers again. That's never. what they're thinking, honestly. Never. Yeah, that's exactly what they're thinking. Uh, so, yep. What do you think, John? You know, look. I, <laughs> John's I hate, like, who the fuck is MGK? <laughs> I, do not, I, I did ask that. Look, I don't know. Uh, you know, you're gonna ask me rappers uh, Eminem. I really, I enjoy his stuff. And then you said that this guy kind of had it against him. So I don't like this guy already. And I don't even know no, who. No, geez. just kidding. <laughs> just, it's, I mean, it's it's just it's ridiculous. And you're you're at a thing like yeah. this, even if if the if everything that you're saying is exactly what you know happened. So what? Oh, he doesn't want to meet yeah. you. No problem. Yeah. You know who cares? You know. The, the, just none of it makes sense to me. I think Connor really wanted to meet Megan Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Smart man. If you're going to want to meet one or the other, I'm yeah. going with her. Yeah, and if you <laughs> took a look at what she was wearing that night, I could see why. She had on like this see-through sequin dress, and then she had on like a bikini underneath, which I think was just underwear. But I, I could see why. I mean, she was looking pretty fly. I mean, I haven't seen her since the – I haven't really seen her. In terms of like uh, this much publicity, since around the the movie that she did, what was the movie she did with Mark Transformers. Transformers? Transformers. There you go. Or, but that wasn't with Mark Wahlberg, right? That was with no, that uh, was Shiloh Shil- Shil- LeBeau. Shil- yeah, see, there's the picture. Yeah, she was looking pretty good. See? Yeah, that's a good dress. That's that's more that's like a good dress. It's more like Saran wrap. Yeah, I don't know what he's wearing though. And why okay, what does he have on his hand? Urinals? No, that's her nails. Oh, her is that what the hands? Those are her nails. What? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what He's does he have on his face? Nails, go, go up to his know. cheek. Okay, looks like glitter. He's, yeah, but he's like bedazzled. Stuff on his face, like he is bedazzled. bedazzled. You know he's that skinny, machine man. that they do? They bedazzled him. You know also, what he looks like, Dave? You know who he looks like? He uh-huh. looks like a white Snoop Dogg. Like super skinny and tall. <laughs> Snoop Dogg is tall and skinny too, man. Dude, He's Snoop a white Dogg Snoop Dogg. He, he is, right? Yeah, super tall. Yeah. Um, also, what are they doing in the men's bathroom together? That's kind of weird, don't you think? Taking a That's picture. Common. Yeah. That's common? Yeah, I, just, I mean, they snuck away probably, you know. <laughs> hold it. Hold it. Think about this. You're saying they snuck away in a men's bathroom. In the two. Yeah. Who took the picture? I bet you. Well, I mean, it's probably... It's I don't know. That's maybe there they had it all set up. It's probably, um, it's probably where they went after the Connor situation to get away. <laughs> yeah, she's looking pretty good. She's looking pretty good. Oh come on! Man. She's like ten years his senior as well. Oh, she's old, huh? Yeah. She that old really? Damn. I think she's like. I think she's in her forties now. Is that a? Yes, it is. Oh jeez. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. I don't. Whatever. I don't get. I don't. I don't. I don't understand the Hollywood situation. I don't, I don't. I don't get any of that. I don't get it. 
I never have. I don't think I ever will. And I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, it's strange. All right, uh, Dave, what else you got for us, buddy? That wraps up. That wraps it. That wraps us for our show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Also, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash in. Use the promo code and still pick up one of our uh, shirts. One of our I like. I actually want you guys to go back and look at our original logo shirt. Pick one of those up as well. That'll let us know that you're an OG if you guys have been watching us since the very beginning. But uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of our older uh, of our newer logo shirts as well in all different colors as well as uh, all the movie-type ones. We have the long, tall, long, and lanky one coming up, I believe, also. I'm waiting on Dave to design one for it, though. So that should hopefully be coming up. And what else? I think that's about it, man. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. And, John, I will see you on... Hey, I have a question. Yes, sir. You're getting here on Thursday, correct? Uh, I'm going to California on Thursday. Yeah, what time do you get in? Because don't we have fighter meetings at, like, noon? Oh, you're going to be crunching here to get here. I think yeah. fighter meetings are at noon. Yeah, you're like, 12, uh... 12. 45 or something like that. Hopefully your flight's not delayed. I ain't running this shit, dude. You're running it, baby. Go. They don't, they don't pay spot. me enough. <laughs> they don't pay me enough. Uh-uh. When I was doing the Euro- the European series, I had to run them all. And I think Fish, I remember Fish telling me, he's like, the very first time, he's like, I was concerned they, who was going to take charge. Was I going to have to take charge? Like Fish, Fish thought he was going to have to take charge because you always ran it. And I'm like, no, man, I got this shit. Like, when I know I have to do something, I can do it. Yeah. But I know that John can do it, or John's going to do it. So, I, whatever. It's John's show. I'll let John do it. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, all right, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this show. And uh, hit the subscribe button and the little bell and hit the notifications. And also, go down below to the description. There's that link there. That'll take you to our Clips channel. And hit that like and subscribe button there as well. So, thank you, guys. And, uh, John, what else? The only thing I have to say is one thing in the comment section. I want you guys all to put in there how much you want to see Podcast Dave enter <laughs> the Wimp to Warrior training so he can fight Jamie since I already saw that he's in training. It's bad training, Dave. I saw it, but just put <laughs> it in the comments. You want to see it because we're going to make this happen. And for everyone out there, thank you for listening in, and we will see you.